Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. How many of you have ever experienced the joy, the emotional overload of the birth of a child? Raise your hand. (laughs) Yeah, I'll never forget the day the nurse put my little Rachel in my hands. I was dumbfounded, speechless, in awe of what God did. And sometime later, a nurse put in my hands the little baby girl grandchild (laughs) that once again, I was in awe and amazed and dumbfounded. (laughs) I don't know about your grandchildren, but mine are perfect. (laughs) Just want you to know if you didn't know that. Okay. Did you hear... I think I've shared this before, but about the three men who were in the waiting room of the delivery room in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, that's back in the day when fathers weren't allowed into the delivery room. The nurse comes out and says to one man, congratulations, your wife delivered healthy twins. And the man thought, he goes, isn't that ironic? I work for the Minnesota Twins. Oh, what a coincidence. A little bit later, nurse comes in and says to the second guy, hey, your wife gave birth to healthy triplets. She said, what a coincidence. I work for 3M. And all of a sudden, the third man started moaning and groaning and pacing the waiting room and going, oh, no, oh, no. And the other two said, what's wrong? He says, I work for the 7-Up company. (laughs) I hope there's no coincidence. Can you imagine the birth, spiritual birth of 3,000 people in one day? And it was no coincidence. It was the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church, when God gave birth to over 3,000 people. People. Let's take, her, take a closer look at what Christians throughout the entire world, that is if they're following the Christian calendar, are celebrating along with us this Sunday morning. This is the day of Pentecost. Let's take a closer look. Look at the scripture once again with me. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Notice this. The church was the people gathered together. It wasn't a building. Now, it was 120 people. And right before they gathered, it is Peter who stood up among the people and said these words. Just listen to his words. Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke spoke beforehand by the mouth of David. What Peter did was stand up and say, this book is the word of God. 
It is the Holy Spirit who spoke through the people and the prophets that this book records. Then the day of Pentecost came. Now, Pentecost means 50. Hmm. 50. 50 days ago was the feast of the first fruits. That's when a priest would stand up at the temple, break off some green leaves or sheaves that grew out of the ground, wave them and say, look what God has done again. The dead have come back to life. The earth is resurrecting. Here's what God has done. Isn't it ironic? No coincidence. That's the day Jesus rose from the dead on the day of a festival of resurrection. Forty days later, Jesus ascended into heaven, something we confess in the Apostles' Creed. Now, before he ascended, he said to the disciples, go and make disciples by baptizing and teaching, teaching and baptizing. Then he said, now listen, I am going to send the comforter, the counselor, the helper. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Ten days later, the 50th, Pentecost, when Jews of all nations gathered together to celebrate the harvest. What God has done, each festival is looking, this is what God has done for us. And the harvest was brought in and waved before everybody and said, see what God has done. And during Pentecost, they celebrated that God gave the Ten Commandments, the law. On this festive day, it is God, by no coincidence, gives the extra measure, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at how that happened. Verse 2, And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled, notice this, it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Why a mighty rushing wind? It was God using symbolism so that we knew he was doing something, or they knew he was doing something. Remember Job in the Old Testament? He went through a lot. At the end of the ordeal, you know how God spoke to him? In a whirlwind. When Jesus was asked by Nicodemus about being saved, about going to heaven, Jesus said, unless you're born again through water and the Spirit, you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said, listen to the wind. You can not see it. But you can hear it, and you know what it does? It rustles the feathers, I mean, not feathers, but the leaves and the branches. You can hear it. Thus, the Holy Spirit works in your life. You can't see him, but you can see what he does. Hmm. So why a mighty wind? God is saying, it's me. It's audible. Then he gets visible. Let's take a look at that. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Okay, 
Let me take you back to the Old Testament again. Not Job this time, but Moses. How did God speak to Moses? Through a burning bush, fire. How did God lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? With a pillar of fire. Yeah. This is God saying to all those Jewish people who memorized the Old Testament and knew the stories, it's me. Audible. Visual. And then it gets scriptural. Hmm. Let's take a look at that. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit did this. Now in the Old Testament, there's one word for wind, breath, and spirit, ruach. In the New Testament, there's only one word for wind, breath, and spirit, pneuma. But when you add holy to it, you know it's the Holy Spirit. Here, it is the Holy Spirit who is explained in the Bible as a wind and as the breath of God. Verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, now this sound resonated all through the area. The multitude came together. Wow, audible. Visual, they saw the flames too, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. It wasn't the sound, it wasn't the flame. This was the speaking that bewildered them, that touched them, and we're going to learn, cut them to the heart. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? Now, they looked at Galileans as the misfits, <laughs> okay, the country bunkians, okay, the rednecks. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own sophisticated native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and his visitors from Rome. He's talking about the whole world. All the different nations, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues, notice, our own tongues, the mighty works of God the gospel. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Those of you who followed or know about Luther's small catechism and large catechism, now you know where he gets it from. Right here, Pentecost, the birthday of the church. What does this mean? When we confess the first article, second article, third article of the Apostles' Creed, Martin Luther always says in the Catechism, what does this mean? You need to know here today, what does this mean when it comes to Pentecost for you, for you, and for me? Now, for the people who do not have the Holy Spirit working inside of them. For the people who don't see God with the but God glasses, people who don't hear 
what God has done. When they can't have an argument or a debate, this is what they do. They, they attack the, push, the person. No different than Jesus. They couldn't argue with Jesus because he knew scripture. They couldn't quote scripture back to Jesus, so they crucified him. They said he's from the devil. When you can't have a debate from scripture, you will attack the person. This is how they did this. But others mocking said they are filled with new wine. Pentecost, the birthday of the church. What are you going to take home? I want you to take home three things. The first thing is this. Pentecost is a one-time event. Right up with Good Friday, the death of Jesus Christ. Right up with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter. Pentecost is a one-time event, never to be repeated. It's the birthday of the church. It is a new beginning through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the work of Pentecost continues through you and through me. But Pentecost is a one-time event recorded once in the Bible. It never happened again. The 50. That's the first thing I want you to take home. The second thing is in the Bible, two tongues are mentioned. Two tongues are mentioned. The first gift of the Holy Spirit of tongues is here on Pentecost. It's for evangelism. It is the ability to speak in another language that people hear in their own native dialect, which is the Greek word, dialect. Why? So the gospel could be heard and people's lives transformed. Now in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, another gift given by the Holy Spirit of tongues is mentioned. Okay? Here on Pentecost, it is the opposite of the curse of the Tower of Babel. When people were cursed, languages separated, and they were moved all over the face of the earth. Here on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit brings everybody together now for the gospel, the common language of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and lives are transformed. The second tongue is an ununderstandable tongue, nobody's dialect. It's when an individual speaks to God and he doesn't even know what he's saying, unless there's an interpreter. And then that person interprets. But it's a gift given by the Holy Spirit to benefit an individual. And there's rules and regulations that in public, in a worship service, nobody speaks in that tongue unless there is an interpreter. And if there's no interpreter, be silent. It is a gift for an individual. This on Pentecost is a gift for the people. For evangelism. It's for the speaking of the word of God. First thing I want you to take home. You know this about Pentecost. It was a one-time event, never to be repeated. But the work of Pentecost goes on. You need to know what that work is. The second thing, it is the Holy Spirit who began the birthday of the church. 
and gives the gifts. Two gifts are two different gifts of tongues, one for evangelism, one for an individual. Pentecost is for evangelism. The third thing I want you to take home with you is what does this mean for you and for you and for me? That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And to do that, I'd like to give you an object lesson this morning. Hopefully we'll clarify it. I want you to imagine you are a Ziploc bag. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> oh, and you're empty. Now listen to what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit is with everybody on earth. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit is with everybody on earth. When God created the heavens and the earth, verse 2 of Genesis 1, and the Holy Spirit hovered. The Holy Spirit hovers over every man, woman, and child on earth. I did not say the Holy Spirit is in every man, woman, and child on earth. He wants to be, but when, when God's word is proclaimed, through a minister, through the members of a church, the Holy Spirit uses that and works in someone's life. When God's word is applied with simple water, there's no power in the water. When God's word is applied with water, the Holy Spirit works inside of somebody. He goes from the outside with someone and moves to the inside. That is the power of the scriptures, the word of God. He comes inside of you. So the day you were baptized, maybe as an infant, or maybe later on in life, you heard the word of God for the first time. Through word and sacrament ministry, this is what God does. He comes inside of you. The Holy Spirit enters inside of you, and you are then sealed with the Holy Spirit. And God from heaven, the Father, looks down, looks through you, and sees the work of the Holy Spirit, and says and pronounces over you, you are justified. I see the righteousness of my son, Jesus Christ, in you. And you are sealed with the promise of heaven. That's why the thief on the cross, who never had a chance to get off that cross, heard the words of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit came inside of him and he saw Jesus as God Almighty. And Jesus said these words, today you'll be with me. In paradise. Nobody here can seal themselves with the Holy Spirit. It is the work of God through word and sacrament ministry. The Holy Spirit, this is what the Bible says, is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. But this is not where God wants to leave you. This is the beginning. This is when you're born again. When you come to realize you're a sinner and you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So whether you're baptized or hear the word of God sometime in your life, God begins a process of the working of the Holy Spirit inside of you. But that's not where he wants to leave you. He wants you to live a sanctified life. What is your sanctified life? It's when the Holy Spirit begins to multiply in your life. Have you ever seen the picture of maybe an egg and part of a man and a woman coming together and the embryo begins to grow, what multiplies that seed and that sperm? And we call it life. The Bible says at conception life begins. How do you know the Holy Spirit is living in you? He multiplies himself and he fills your life and gives you gifts. And before you know it, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's a command in the Bible, and you know, it is be filled with the Holy Spirit. The more you read of God's word, the more you worship, the more you celebrate the sacraments. Before you know it, you're mature enough, and God begins to fill you, and things begin to overflow. What is that overflow? Your sanctified life to other people. It's Pentecost. And that overflow is in works. That overflow is in Serving others. You serve because God came not to be served, but to serve, and we follow Christ. This is our sanctified life, and one of the biggest parts of that sanctified life is we have gifts, administration, serving, and the Holy Spirit multiplies it, and it overflows. We catch up to Psalm 23. You cannot see Psalm 23 and Pentecost apart from one another. It's the same God and the same purpose. It is John who says, now listen, you have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. It is King David who Peter quotes right before Pentecost. The Holy Spirit spoke through King David. It's King David who said this, my Lord, my shepherd has anointed me and my cup over." Flows. And how your cup should overflow is Pentecost. The greatest overflow is your speaking ability. Last week, I told you, what did I do with my glass right here? I shared with you, how do you deal with dysfunction? Well, we got a functional God. And what we have to do in life is put on the but God glasses. That means you see, like Pentecost, the mighty works of God in your life. But that's not where the Holy Spirit wants you to stay. You have a tongue. And what Pentecost is about is speaking. That means when somebody says to you, it's evolution, you put on the God glasses and you speak. But God in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. You speak loud and clear to everybody around you, to your children and your grandchildren, and anybody who'll listen. You quote scripture, because if you don't, who's going to tell your children and your grandchildren? When the doctor comes in and says, you're going to die, you just don't put on the God glasses and say, I know better. You say, but yet shall I live to that doctor. 
to that nurse, to anybody who'll listen to you. When somebody tells you it is not possible, you put on the God glasses and you say, but my God says nothing is impossible with me. We have voices. We are part of the Pentecostal church. We have to use them and share whenever we can and speak scripture, God's promises unto people. Last week I said, put the glasses on. This week I'm saying, put the glasses on and speak. Because Peter, on the first Pentecost, you know what he does? He stands up. And what does he speak? Scripture. He quotes Joel. He quotes King David again, and this is what the Holy Spirit did. He sealed himself. He, this is what they were cut to the heart. He, the Holy Spirit opened up that heart and jumped inside 3,000 people. And the church was born, but it didn't stay there. The Holy Spirit multiplied and overflowed, and we're part of that here. <laughs> We are Pentecostal people. You have the Holy Spirit in you. He wants you to use that voice and quote scripture. And that means you got to be in scripture. You got to read scripture. You got to study scripture. So it's right at the tip of your tongue when a grandchild, a friend, a relative, a coworker asks you a question. Speak up. Be vocal. That's the church. It's not a building with a steeple. It's a bunch of people with voices in our world today. Amen.